Nation.com. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we can say we've made it through a trade week and an interesting trade week that it was. We knew that there were some highs that took place on the livestock side. Having said that, they were closely watching what was happening on the grain side, which we're going to be looking at more in depth today is how really did these markets do for the weekend? Is it a, a short-term thing or is we're going to see more influence coming out of South America, not only with their weather, but what is happening with production estimate numbers? Uh, We talked about this earlier this week and the fact that we seem to be getting some numbers a little bit quicker from the folks in South America, from the government side of it. What does that all mean happening? Well, we're going to get the details today coming with Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, to say that this was an interesting bean week might be putting it mildly. You know, it sure would. And it was definitely an interesting week in the markets overall. You take a look at corn. Corn for the week on the March futures um, on the old crop was down 16 and a half. But as we look at the new crop, we was actually able to screech, uh, you know, screech out kind of a, a win there up four and a quarter on the December futures. Soybean was a big winner, though, as we look at the old crop beans, looking at March beans was up 83 and a half. New crop actually fared very well, too. The November t- 2022 futures were up 44 and a quarter. So had a very strong week overall on the bean side, Susan. Well, look at that. What about for the corn market? Did they just kind of take whatever bean was giving out to, to boost them along as well? <laughs> you know, that that's what's really interesting on, on the corn side. You know, corn had, corn had been moving along really well in here, but bean definitely has stepped into the leadership role. And, you know, we've got a tailwind coming from crude oil. Um, ended up getting crude over $90 a barrel. And, you know, as we look at that, uh, that's up probably 35 40% compared to where we'd have been at, at the you know, middle part of December. So that's really given us a boost in here. And, you know, over on the corn side, I, I think we're going to start seeing on the corn, actually, and the bean side both. I think we're going to start seeing a little more attention being paid to, you know, the, the talk about South American production, the talk about acres. Uh, you know, that's all going to get a little more traction as we go forward. Well, before we dive into what's going on in South America, you and I were talking before we started this program about the issues with the wheat market as well. We know that it's, it's extremely dry in parts of Kansas. Many wondering if there's going to be some winter wheat abandonment because of the weather they've had. Markets, are they paying attention to much of that now, or are they just going to wait and see once this crop comes out of dormancy? I think that's a great uh, great point. I, uh, here's what we have found is that if we'd have been sitting here talking, I'd say, 20 years ago, I think the market would have been paying a lot more attention to what's been going on in, in Kansas, you know, on that hard red winter wheat crop. But it seems like over time what's happened with that wheat crop is everybody gets used to, well, there's dry conditions, there's poor conditions. We, we freeze it, and, and then it you know, we think it's going to kill, have winter kill, and then all of a sudden we get some decent spring rains. It's, oh, we've got a pretty good crop. And and I think the market is, is going to wait and take a very wait-and-see approach there and, and really wait and see how it breaks dormancy there. Don't get me wrong. There's a tremendous amount of concerns, and I feel for everybody in those areas. It is very, very dry, and it is a problem. So we, we definitely have our prayers going out to everybody in those areas. But I think the market's going to take a little wait-and-see approach here yet, Susan. Which definitely will make it interesting come this spring as this crop does come out of dormancy. It, it, it very much so, and it's going to be one of those factors that, as we go forward, will continue to gain more attention. Um, it's just we're not at that time yet. All right, let's let's dive into South America because they have definitely made things interesting once again. Uh, first of all, with the weather, um, we know that February was talked about to be hot and dry, and some areas are are holding true to that. 
Yeah, it really has been. And overall, it's that big La Nina pattern that we've had in place. Um, you know, over the last 24 to 48 hours, Argentina's picked up some needed rain. Now it's not enough rain yet. Southern Brazil has picked up some also. So you've got Matagosa de Sol, Rio, Rio Grande de Sol, Paraná. They've picked up some rain here. But as we look further out in the forecast, a couple things we do notice that takes us probably out the next 15 days. <clears throat> it does look like we see some drier conditions coming into Argentina and also into southern Brazil. And in particular, Mato Grosso de Sol, Rio Grande de Sol, and, and Paraná. And, and those areas have had some problems already on production. We do look like we also see the temperatures warm up a little bit uh, in Argentina also during that same time frame. Not to the same level and not as warm as it would have been before. So overall, that pattern's a little concerning out there. And as a result, Susan, we're starting to see you know some of those production estimates continue to start working their way down. And and you look at that and those estimated numbers as as those continue to change, I'm sure it's not going to be missed very quickly by the market trade. No, it's it's not. Um, you know, over time we've talked about the the weather trade and and how weather market works and you know kind of the stage we said we were in is that you know the forecasts uh, it pretty much came out and and we weren't getting the rains that were needed and then all as a result we started seeing the crop condition score ratings drop and then we started seeing production estimates drop and and you know we're right in amongst that right now and so as we take a look at some dis- different estimates that are out there and and actually the market will have you know keep very close eye on what USDA says in the crop report next week you know we'll have CONIAP out next week but uh we've also seen some other estimates that have came out already and i'll just kind of walk through some of these for you you know stone x came in at a 126.5 that'd be on the uh, brazilian crop and they were at a 134 Ag Resource Brazil, you know, was it a came in at a 125, and they were a 131, and that's in million metric tons. Ag Rural was a 128.5, and and or came in at a 128.5, and they were a 133.4. So you've got a number of individuals that have got boots on the ground out there, and keep in mind those estimates would have started all up in the mid 140s, and so really what that means uh, on Brazil in particular. Um, our numbers would suggest a 16 million metric ton reduction, uh, which would be 588 million bushels. Um, Argentina could see about a 6 million metric ton reduction, which adds 220 million bushels. Paraguay, which has been hit really hard, is about 5 million metric tons, 183 million bushels, Susan. Lots of interesting numbers that we're looking at that I'm sure will ebb and flow as mm-hmm. as this crop goes on. We'll come back. We're going to take a look. I wanted to get uh, mm-hmm. Jeff's thoughts on what's going on as well with this second corn crop as it gets ready to plant with the dryness there. But we'll look more at what's going to happen, too, with the crude oil prices. We know that that's been a discussion around the water cooler as well this week. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio. As you talk to your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, they'll tell you our product lineup is second to none. Here's Eric Wasinius with Peterson Livestock Near Oxford, Nebraska. I think a lot of it is as far as what really makes Fontenelle stand out is our product lineup. Um, we've got things that will fit in pretty much any environment or situation that we run into in uh, central Nebraska. To find out more about products or how you can become a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide lake river. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Balcar on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Jeff Peterson. He's with Heartland Farm Partners. So as we look at those uh, numbers, and you did talk about a USDA report that's coming out next week, Jeff. What are some of the early thoughts that we might see within these numbers? 
Yeah, you know, the market's going to be looking very closely. Uh, some of those important numbers uh, will be looking at U.S. demand numbers, you know, on, on the export side. But they're also going to be looking very closely at the South American production numbers. And just to kind of give a, a feel of what it looks like, starting first on soybeans, and this is, comes out of Reuters. So on Brazil, 133.65 million metric tons is what the trade is expecting. Give you an idea, USDA's estimate would have been a 139. We that came in in January report last year, they raised a, a record on the production side at 138 million metric tons. So what you start seeing very quickly here is numbers coming in below where their production was last year. And over in Argentina side, 44.5 million metric tons. Uh, USDA had 46.5 in January and 46.2 last year. And, and corn also will be impacted. Doesn't look like corn will be impacted quite as much as soybeans, but time will tell yet. We've just got that, you know, the first corn crop uh, from the Brazil side, which only makes up about 25% of their production. So we'll have more to talk about on the Safrina side. But some of the estimates coming out of there would be about 113.6 million metric tons on the corn side for Brazil. Uh, USDA had that at 115 last year. But keep in mind, though, last year, uh, the production number came in at 87, and that was because that Safrina crop got hit so hard. And then for Argentina, 52.16 million metric tons. The USDA had 54 in the January report, and they came in at 50.5 last year. So that uh, so that gives you an idea of kind of what the market's looking for in the report next week, Susan. Do we expect any, um, real quick on that Safrina corn crop, have you heard any discussions or rumblings about the dryness and some planting concerns? You know, overall, I would say based on where we've got, um, you know, Matagrosa de Skulls, Matagrosa de Sol is going to be fine, or Matagrosa, excuse me, is going to be fine. Um, we'll just have to, a little turly to tell yet. Um, overall, I think everything will get off to a pretty good start here. Um, there isn't anybody talking about the Safrina crop getting hit nearly as hard as, you know, what it did last year overall to be able to get in timely. So uh, that that's one we'll just have to p- play a little bit of wait and see on yet, Susan. All right. Everybody's talking about crude oil prices, especially when they, they head to the pump. When was the last time we saw crude oil where they're at? You know, we'd have to, as we get over that $90 uh, barrel level on the uh, WTI, you know, West, West Texas Intermediate, um, we'd have to go back to, you know, October of 2014. So that's given us a nice tailwind in here, you know, anything that's tied into the energy side. So as we're talking about corn and, and as we're also talking about, the, you know, compared to soybean oil um, and, and the other world veg oils, that's definitely adding a, you know, some a degree of support to the markets overall, Susan. Well, we do have those higher prices. Is that seeing any effect on the demand for corn and beans at this point? You know, what was interesting this week is, uh, you know, China came out and they had a pretty big cancellation. I think actually the cancellation they had over on the corn side, that would have been about the largest one we'd saw that would have uh, taken us back for about seven years. But the market took it in stride. Overall, the the export numbers actually are holding there decent. So, for instance, every Thursday the exports are, you know, updated uh, for the previous week. And and corn came in at 1.175 million metric tons. Uh, we need about 531 
10,000 metric tons a week. Uh, so that was actually a decent enough corn number. And over on the bean side, you know, sometimes we get into the time, this time of year and there's not a lot going on on the export side. A little over a million metric tons, almost 1.1 million metric tons. We only need about 341. A couple things that we think is going to happen down the road. We're not sure whether or not USDA will make this adjustment in this report or not. We, we do think we're going to see some bigger export numbers uh, down the road for both corn and beans. There was a lot of question there whether or not the bean number would be able to be hit. We think, you know, as you add up all these losses coming out of South America, that's almost 992 million bushels. And the other crazy part about that is that USDA, as we dig deeper in the numbers on the world soybean demand compared to last year, had increased demand 551 million. So as you think, as we start having these South American production numbers below where we'd have been last year, and now we've you, we've got ultimately, you know, a, an increase in there that USDA is thinking is going to happen. Those bushels have to come from somewhere, and we think the USDA or U.S. will get their share. We also think that'll happen over on the corn side too, Susan. So what, as we wrap this up, what is on your radar? What are some things that the markets are going to start paying attention to as we get more into February? Yeah, so we're going to watch closely. Uh, definitely going to be a lot more talk. You know, we're, we're getting the, the corn... Uh, crop insurance prices here that are taking place during the month of February. Um, in addition to that, we got to watch the acreage battle that's setting up there in corn versus beans and also those other crops. And we'll have to keep a close eye on the weather also, Susan. Lots of factors as we head into the weekend. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff. Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. As a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.